The Chicago Bulls had one of their most heartfelt wins of the season last night against the Memphis Grizzlies, battling back from an over 20-point deficit to win by over 20 points. We're going to talk about that win, talk about how the young players are starting to really grow together. We're also going to talk about the playing race and dive into the mailbag. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. If you want to follow me right off the top, you can do so at CEO Hayes at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. Now, let's get into it. The Chicago Bulls had a tell of two halves yesterday against the Memphis Grizzlies, and it was an important win because the Memphis Grizzlies are the second best team in the Western Conference, a surefire, great playoff team. Some would even say maybe a championship contender. I don't necessarily see them at that level myself, but some will say that. And so because some will say that, I will say that here to help put another uh, ring in, 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 the, in the cap of my, uh, of my team. But with that being said, listen, the Bulls played absolutely suffocating defense in the second half of the game. When you look at it, 31 transition points for the Bulls, zero for the Grizzlies. That's how well the Bulls forced the turnover. They did not win the rebounding battle. That was one thing. When you want to play in transition, you have to do hopefully both things, but at least one of two things really well. You have to either force turnovers, force you know those type of opportunities, shot clock violations, those things, but you have to rebound the ball really well. If you can do both things, you can play in transition the whole game, right? And the Bulls in the second half, did that very well as far as just they got some key rebounds, but outside of that, they forced some turnovers, forced some, got the 50-50 balls, just got out in transition in a way that they were able to attack the Memphis Grizzlies defense before it got a fully chance to set up. That put Jaron Jackson Jr. in foul trouble, which he should have been fouled out, but, you know, we'll leave that for another day. But then the rhythm that they get you in offensively, right? We saw the Bulls get into one of the best offensive rhythms that they've gotten into all season led by their defense. And that was the beautiful thing to see in this game. It's a beautiful brand of basketball when your defense leads to easy offense. And when you can do that consistently, you're going to be tough to beat. You can play with any team if you can play that way and get out in transition. And so, yeah, it's easy to say the Bulls just need to play in transition more. But if you, the things that you have to do to get able to be out in transition, it's been hard for the Bulls to do those things in certain games. You know, we're out rebounding other teams consistently or, you know, force turnovers when their defense isn't on. Their defense was on last night. That's the one thing you can say. Their defense was on and locked in the whole second half of that game, and it made for beautiful basketball. And then you look at how the players stepped up as well, right? Once the, once the, 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 the half changed, you look at Zach Levine, 36 points he scored on 13 of 19 scoring. He also chipped in nine assists, three rebounds, one steal, no turnovers for Zach Levine, right? That's, uh, that's going to be a Bulls team that's hard to beat right there. Then you look in DeMar DeRozan getting over 30 points as well, going 11-26 from the field, also chipping in seven assists, five rebounds, uh, one steal, 31 points. Again, led by those two players, when they're doing playing that efficiently and they're getting out in the open court, it's going to be dangerous to beat us. And then you look at our bench. Kobe White, who's just turning into such a, a good all-around player for the Chicago Bulls, chipping in 19 points, going 8 of 13 shooting, giving great defense, great just ball handling, all those types. Kobe White played an excellent game, and Patrick Williams also playing a solid second half defensively. For one thing, he goes 5 of 10 from the field for 12 points. Overall, this Bulls team and how they played and let the defense lead to easy scoring opportunities, 
that's beautiful basketball from the Bulls. That's sustainable basketball as well. Like, yeah, you're not always going to force that many turnovers. But if you if you play that level of defense consistently, you're going to get easy opportunities. And the Bulls just took care of business in a way that we needed to see them take care of business against a team in a playoff atmosphere on their own home court, no less. Now, I'm sure if the Bulls were to play the Memphis Grizzlies again in two days, we may have a repeat of what happened with the Lakers. Right, listen, that's just trauma speaking on my half. But I really enjoyed watching this game. And this was one of the best games to watch from the Chicago Bulls, not just because they ended up getting the win, but how they got the win. The fact that they dug in defensively. The fact that Billy Donovan also got to give some credit and kudos to Billy Donovan. He changed the defensive scheme in the second half of that game in a meaningful way. And you could tell it was visible. He changed what this team was doing defensively. And you, I can't take that away from him, right? All the critiques and things that I could throw towards Billy Donovan, I'm, I'm also going to praise him when he does something right. The coaching staff overall made a hell of an uh, adjustment defensively from first half to second half, and it paid huge dividends for the Chicago Bulls to get the dub. That just is what it is. Can't take away from it. Can do nothing but praise it because that's what happened. That's the reality of the situation, and it was successful for the Bulls. And so it was a fun game to watch with the heart that they played with, with the determination that they played with, with the with the swagger they played with after when they got into that rhythm. It just, it was, it was a fun, it was almost like night and day between the first and second half of just seeing this team execute. They go into their final four games of the season, and let's hope that this can build some momentum. But if we're talking about building momentum, let's look at how the young players, Kobe White, uh, Iodasumu, Patrick Williams being moved, all being on the bench, they are building into a nice rotation. When you look at Kobe White, what he tipped in 19.6 rebounds, four assists, Patrick Williams with his 12 points uh, and three blocks and, and more that he did there. And Io DeSumo as well. Io didn't have the eye-popping game that the other two players have, but still, two for four from the field, played some really good defense. He had three rebounds, one assist in that game. They're starting to build some chemistry there. And so yeah, it's nice to see the young players starting to maybe develop in a meaningful way. Kobe White's been on that path all season. And that's hats off to Kobe. In an up-and-down season, Kobe White has, has been consistent with his defense, been consistent with his playmaking, been consistent with his passing and his dribbling. The one thing that wasn't consistent for him for the most part of the season was just the shooting. And it seems like that shooting is starting to come around for him. And if it continues to come around in that meaningful way, the sky's going to be the limit for Kobe White. And, and and it comes at a time for him where I'm sure his him and his agent are happy that, that he's playing better now because, yeah, right or wrong, whatever you want to look at it as, this is a contract year for Kobe White. and Hope and the things that he's doing is sustainable. So it's not really the things that you look at and say, oh, well, this is just a career year. Is he going to stay? Like, it's really effort. Kobe White is giving great effort on both sides of the ball and playing with confidence. And we've seen it, right? We've seen it now with Laurie Marketing going elsewhere. Once you get that confidence back in you as a, as a basketball player, your game starts coming around. It starts filling out. It starts looking more a little bit more well-rounded. And so I'm really liking the young players, how they're playing together coming off that bench. And really a surprising stat in this one is Kobe White, Ayo DeSumo, and Patrick Williams, when they're out on the court with DeMar DeRozan, they have a plus seven point differential with 375 possessions. That same unit with Zach Levine out there instead of DeMar DeRozan, they're negative 12. So what that means is that the, the young players need some 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 um some leadership, right? They need a veteran player out there that's going to help guide them. But they they are they are turning into a nice bench unit that can come in, sustain, increase some leads in some cases, set that tone defensively. That's what you want to see from a team. That's what you want to see from young players who are still developing, still really trying to find what their thing is in at the NBA level. 
And they're really starting to do that in a meaningful way. They're really starting to do that consistently. Yeah, we have our games where we just don't get crap from the bench, and that is unacceptable. But when you also factor in Derrick Jones Jr., who I'm now nicknaming Stay Ready because he seems like he stays ready at every single point, no matter what his role, what you're calling him to do, when you add that in, hopefully Javante at some point, Alice Caruso playing with him as well, Andre Drummond, and when what Andre Drummond is able to do once he gets into a rhythm, the bench unit can be good, and it can be dangerous heading into a play-in scenario, and I think that they're starting to peak at the right time, and hopefully now finding success helps them just learn to what they need to do consistently to find success. And we already know Patrick Williams, once he gets that, that aggressiveness consistently, once he gets that, that level head of him, once the game starts slowing down and he starts understanding how to pick his spots, Patrick Williams can be a dangerous player in this league. And so let's hope that that continues. But I wanted to point out just the youth movement and how these young players are coming together. And the fact that, Hey, the Bulls front office got to make decisions on two of these young players this off season. And I think they are, um, they're making their case for why they deserve these contract extensions. And Kobe White's just, it's been such a great season to watch Kobe White develop, man, especially where he came in as a seventh round pick, the disappointment around him. You know, one of my first big videos on this channel was last season at the start of last season saying the Bulls would be crazy to trade Kobe White. And that was at a time where Bulls fans were just like, no, Kobe is who we need to trade. And now look at it. Kobe White's coming along for the Chicago Bulls and playing a huge, meaningful role. But now we, we pivot. Four games left on the season. The playing race and where it sits right now. The Raptors beat the Hornets last night and the Hawks beat the Mavericks, which means the Bulls did not uh, gain any, um, any bit in the standings. So this game against uh, Tuesday against the Atlanta Hawks, our next game up, is going to be important for play-in seeding. Um, and so if the Bulls can get that victory against the Atlanta Hawks, which would then make that their third win in a row, um, the Bulls will jump up a spot. Uh, the Toronto Raptors have already locked in a play-in spot, which... You know, that was all but but surely about to happen anyway. Um, and so right now, when you look at the kind of the round robin between the Raptors, Hawks, and the Bulls, the Raptors own the tiebreaker against us. Uh, the Hawks have the tiebreaker against the Raptors, and the Bulls own the Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Tiebreaker as of right now against the Hawks, we can, can solidify that with a win on Tuesday against the Hawks. So yes, the Bulls play-in lives, playoff lives, postseason lives, whatever we're going to call it, really does matter in a big way to what they do Tuesday against the Atlanta Hawks. The Bulls have to come in with that effort. They have to execute. They have to get this win. I, I'm, I you know, I, I, I shy away from saying every game needs to be a win because that's just a tall order to ask a team to win that many games in a row. That would be six games in a row, but we need to win this game. This Atlanta Hawks game, we need to bring the energy we had in the second half of the, of the Memphis Grizzlies game needs to be how we play for all four quarters against the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks have been the definition of a 500 team all season. They can be beat. And that's not, that's not 
a question we know we can beat and rock with the Atlanta Hawks. The Toronto Raptors, their suffocating defense, Jacopoto and what he does against the Bulls, that brings some questions there, but the Bulls need to take care of this, and that begs the question, how realistic is it for the Chicago Bulls to make it out the playing tournament this year? When you look at who we could be potentially playing right now, we'd be playing the Toronto Raptors in that 9-10 matchup, and I said it before, that is a matchup that can be extremely hard for the Chicago Bulls when you just look at um, how the Bulls have been playing against them, how they've been playing their brand of defense, all that can make it a difficult go for the Chicago Bulls against the Toronto Raptors. But here's what I'm going to say with that. While the Toronto Raptors have a really great roster and a roster, especially that seems like it's more suited to stop things that, that the Chicago Bulls do, the Raptors are better when they're defending teams that operate inside the three-point arc. We know that the Chicago Bulls are not a high-volume three-point shooting team. So, the, the Bulls, not to say they want to avoid the Toronto Raptors, because at the end of the day, unfortunately, the Bulls' situation is where it is. You have to win out to try to avoid that. But when you look at it right now, especially what Jacopoto, Jacopoto in eight games against the Chicago Bulls, averages 17.4 points per game, 10.4 rebounds on 71.8% shooting. You cannot, like, that. that's tough, right? That's tough. And especially when you look at, like I said, how the Toronto Raptors are built to stop teams that do operate inside the arc. That can be one of the toughest matchups for the Chicago Bulls in a play-in scenario. Next up, the Atlanta Hawks. I've said it before. I just said it. The same thing that I said about Tuesday games apply. The Atlanta Hawks are absolutely a beatable team. And you look at a one-game playoff um, play-in scenario between the Bulls and the Atlanta Hawks, that's absolutely probably going to be a hard-fought, fun game to watch. But we know we can beat the Atlanta Hawks. And then you look at the Miami Heat. A familiar foe that we have in Jimmy Butler, somebody that we're all familiar with here as Bulls fans. And while that team has absolutely looked beatable at times, right? They have a negative point differential for the season. They've, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They have 41 wins on the season. But we know that when you have a, a player like Jimmy Butler and you put that in a postseason scenario, he can go off and can lead that team. Bam out of bio as well as one of the best bigs in the NBA. Um, so when you look at that, the, the, the Bulls can come and win that playing tournament. The thing, the, the fact of the matter is it's matchups are going to matter for the Bulls and how easy, hard, or difficult it is. That is why I do want to see the Bulls try to get to the eight seed so they can have two bites at it if need be. They can lose one game, they get another chance. They can win one game and they make it out. That is why I want, and I always talk about the Bulls getting to that eight seed because I do think that that can be important for them and just how the season has gone for them. But hey, we'll see how the Bulls rock out. We need to get this win Tuesday against the Atlanta Hawks. But before we go, we got a voicemail from Marvin last night that I'm going to go ahead and play because I don't want to wait till the weekend to play this voicemail. It's very on topic for now. So let's go ahead and get into this voicemail for Marvin. It's Marvin, man. Hey, I know this is uh, Sunday night, but I had to leave this voicemail because I've been hearing a lot from a lot of uh, our fans and, and, you know, a lot of, and, and it's, it's well due. But I just wanted to set the record straight about something. First of all, good win last night. Great win tonight. Great win against a great team. And I'm just going to say, <clears throat> last year, down the stretch, we won no games like this. So I know we still look bad in the last two games that we lost, but we look good now. So, But my main concern is about Io, Kobe, and Vooch. I'm bringing all three of them up for this. I'm hearing this sentiment that Io go, let Io go. Did we say the same thing about Kobe last year? Are we going to go through this thing again? He's in his second year. His average this year is 8-2-2. Two, and two. Now, we are high praising on Kobe. He's in his fourth year, guys. Into his fifth. Do you know he's only averaging nine, two, and two? Nine, two, and two. But the progression of defense and all around game has came. The opposite with Io. He has the defense all around. He just has to get the scoring. Guys, let's not be so quick to pull the rug up under these young kids. 
this guy's going to be something special. Last but not least, Booch. I'm tired of hearing people talk about it. I hear, I hear Shay talk about it all the time. People always want to get rid of Booch. Guys, yeah, you, you always think the grass is green. You're gonna, are you going to replace a double-double with a double-double? Because he's a double-double machine. I'm not down as long. I just want to leave that. I know a lot of people are down on ice. I'm not. Listen, his importance on this team right now is not there yet, as well as Kobe's wasn't the years past. Kobe is starting to show up. Io will show up. Boots is a solid rock. We don't need to get rid of I think we should sign them both, and I think Io will play a whole lot better. Also, we get rid of Io or Kobe. They go somewhere else and flourish. We're going to all be looking crazy. You all know that. I wanted to leave his voicemail, man, because I was sick and tired of hearing people talk about Io ain't producing in his second year. 23 years old. Both of them 23 years old. It ain't cold. So, for you guys to all think that it's going to be all over the TV leaves and, and flourish, we all going to be looking crazy. So, and hey, appreciate that, Ace, for giving a little props Billy. He does do a little coaching. But hey, man, it's a tough gig out there. We all know. Leaving that voicemail because I think a lot of people need to look at that. This year, as well as Kobe's plan, he's averaging 9, 2, and 2, but his overall game is so much better. Io's numbers are down, but his defense is not quite the same because of the way he gains, but he can work on his offense. Let's keep them both guys. Peace out. Shout out to Marvin. And listen, I agree with everything that you say. As as Bulls fans, it's it's always weird to see Bulls fans always want to say, oh, let's give up on somebody. But then those same fans complain when a player goes away and then develops, right? We got to stop giving up on young players. And and there are some young players that we did make the right decision on. But even when you look at like a Chris Dunn, right? He seems to be coming along for the Utah Jazz, right? But it's the, some you do have to give up on. Like a Tony Snell, I think we were right to give up on him, things like that. But like the players that are showing potential, and especially when it comes to Io, after having a really good, solid rookie season to now having a down sophomore season, to me, we got to stop trying to give up on people too early. They try to do the same thing with Kobe White. I just said it. One of my first big videos to blow up on the channel was that video about why the Bulls would be crazy to trade Kobe White last season. And Bulls fans were all but sure that Kobe White was the expendable piece last season so we can get a power forward. Do you remember that? Do you remember where people were saying, oh, Kobe's all sure but being gone. AK didn't draft him. You remember all that? You remember all that? Us as fans, I get the disappointment in player season, but we have to realize that progression is not always linear, right? And the same thing with Patrick Williams. The people who are trying to label Patrick Williams a bust now got to just shut up, right? Because you guys probably were saying the same thing about Laurie Markkinen. And I guarantee you a lot of you guys would have Laurie Marketing back on this team without he's playing probably the most improved player of the year this season. We have to stop giving up on young players. Yes, I do understand that, especially with the team, and I do, when it comes to the Kobe versus Io conversation, it, it, it stems from us having so many guards and us and them both being free agents, restricted free agents at the same time. But when you look at it, they still can develop. And Kobe White should be testament to that alone of why you don't give up on a young player that you have some promise in. And so, you know, yeah, I do think that, you know, some some fans, they just are too ready to give up on young players at a time where they can still develop and then complain when those players turn into something on other teams. Are they, does Kobe White and Iowa have superstar level potential? No, I don't think that. And I understand that, right? But not every player that you draft, no matter how high, is going to turn into a superstar. The fact of the matter is, is you need key rotational guys on teams to be the glue of that team. Kobe White in the way that he's playing can absolutely be a glue guy for a team. And so, yeah, you got it. We got to stop giving up on players. And as far as Vooch, 
you already know how I feel on Vooch. Vooch is the most consistent bull, and I don't think that some Bulls fans will really understand all the things that he does good for us and how he helps us until he is gone, and I hope that doesn't happen because so many people when it comes to Vooch are just focused on what he does not do that they, that they forget the fact that he is still a top three center, probably top five center, in this league overall. And so you don't just send that away. But hey, you know, I'm glad Marvin is the is the is another voice that says that because I think sometimes people just think that I just say the same thing and it, it may be the message gets missed. But we gotta stop giving up on young players. Like, yes, we do have a salary cap situation that we have to manage and and do some things with. But I would like to see the Bulls for once hold on to those young players and that and that potential be realized here in Chicago. But that's it for my time for today. Make sure you follow the show at Bull Central Pod. You send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for our mailbag episodes, the number to do so is 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Um, and like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.